On we go. Everybody, it's Andrew calling from Toon Talk Radio with Nova Radio.co.uk as well. Sorry, I caught myself out then for a second. <laughs> but after it's been an interesting last couple of weeks, I've been away in Lanzarote uh, for around a week or so. So everything Newcastle wise uh, went a bit strange, but obviously we lost against Brighton. Uh, remember, if you want to click to join the show, it's www tuntalk.co.uk or you can also click www.novaradio.co.uk as well on any handheld devices or call 0191 538 9781 speaks live into the studio with myself and my various various guests obviously I was away in uh, Lanzarote and the worst possible thing to happen is you lie, you're, I arrived in Lanzarote and the the person that has to tell me uh, what the score was uh, against Brighton was a Sunderland fan. Right next to me, all all the trip, I basically slept most of the journey. Wake up, he tells me that scoreline. Can't get anything worse. But it was a nice trip away to recharge the batteries. And then, then obviously, the rumours started during the week uh, before... Um, with Amanda Staveley. We'll get to Amanda Staveley's appearance yesterday. But we must also talk about Freddie Shepherd. Um, the one thing about Freddie Shepherd, and this is all my personal experience until I uh, speak to my co-host a moment, um, Freddie Shepherd at least gave you the opportunity um, to believe that as a, new, as a Geordie, as a Newcastle fan, we would at least try to get the good players in and the best players in. And he did that. He also made a lot of bad choices. Uh, but as a Geordie, we all make them. But at least uh, he tried to tilt at the top for all of us. And it's very sad, obviously, to hear that he died so suddenly. Um, one of my previous guests, uh, Keith Mister, actually had met with him two days beforehand. And there was never any inkling. So it's quite, it was quite a sudden death. So uh, rest in peace, Freddie, up there. Uh, you can at least rest easy in the fact that you tried your best um, for Newcastle United and uh, did as as best as anybody anybody could do. Well, I'd just like to bring in my uh, co-commentator tonight in Neil Mitchell, calling from Dubai. Good evening, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Andrew. How are you? Not too bad. Nice to come back from a nice trip from Lansford because you're always, you know, it's sending little daggers to me, the fact that you're enjoying the sunshine. Do anything like that to you, other than the fact that it's been a balmy 38 degrees for most of the day today, and 
the trouble is, yeah, though, you know, you talk about the sun, and I don't go in it that much because you, you mm. fry. You spend most of your time diving from aircon to aircon. Anyway, <laughs> I think I'd just add, I mean, my personal experience of Freddie Shepard is about the, the opportunity to dream and the ability to let our minds soar for a bit. Um, I'll take, take into account he did it in a, with not a small degree of financial risk. Um, and you know he wasn't he, he wasn't everybody's best buddy always. Um, but nobody who owns a football club ever ever will be one way or the other. Uh, and and the, the the good times were had with him and Sir John Hall at the helm will never be forgotten by many of us. Um, and that opportunity to, to to do so many things and go to so many grounds in Europe and and to to actually live the dream for some of those players to bring Shearer home and all of that um, there's the legacy that we should all try and remember um, and, and I think that, that, that that's the fitting thing and we have to use that you know sometimes as fans when we get called everything from deluded to having expectations above our system you know it wasn't that long ago that surely Shola and Miobi had more Champions League appearances and goals than the entire uh, squad of Tottenham Hotspur mm. you know it's not that long ago really um, and so let's put this into perspective you know we still have a, a FIFA coefficient rating <clears throat> way above what we should have because of that time yet we're told we're deluded because you know maybe we'd like to do that again it would be nice mm. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and so we were allowed to dream for a bit in <clears throat> 04 two or three games in that championship season when Man United did the unthinkable in court, you know, but uh, that's that's what we should remember as the good things and the good times and, and focus on that and, and that's the that's the legacy he should be left with, not the Soonesses and the Boom songs and some of the crap that came, you know, uh, mm. thereafter, but that's, it is what it is. Yeah, I think, um, I think the only thing I remember, obviously, when Mike Ashley took over, it was, every time I, I hear about Freddie Shepard and to John Hall, mm. is that Freddie never really got the chance, did he, to, no. um, you know, make an offer or be told about the offer. Uh, it's obviously it's ancient history now, but uh, they, I think Sir John Hall and Freddie Shepard always said it was the one, it was the one time they fell out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the time, I said, it's amazing, isn't it? You fall out. You, people always fall out over money, and I think um, the fact that Sir, Sir John Hall—I'll always say this about Sir John—he had he had so much money. Uh, if you want things to be, you know, if you want if you want if you want things to run right, you should at least have given him an opportunity to say, "Listen, got this off on the table. Uh, do you want to get your pals together to to buy me out?" I think at the time. Um, Unfortunately for for Freddie, he was he was he was in hospital um, with with a, an illness that nearly killed him then. So uh, things you know, but the way that you should, we look at it, um, things happen for a reason. Um, you know, I don't think anybody could have imagined that Mike Ashley would be the owner of Newcastle United, even to this day, with the, with the shenanigans. But um, at least if Freddie had had a chance to buy the club. 
at least you, you would have known, yeah, we may have over-extenuated ourselves, but at least we would have had, uh, you know, players, better players from the players that were brought in under previous regimes. But sorry, that just, it's very, very sad and, um, yeah, you know, come to die so suddenly as well, but you have to link it back to what happened previously when he's probably his immune system wouldn't take it. But 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 uh, rest in peace. Um, I, I never like to hear these words pass away. He lived. He died. He made a difference. I believe. But um, it's funny, isn't it? With it, with, with all this talk of takeovers, uh, the the nice thing I thought yesterday was I I was quite nervous about the game. I'm always full of bravado when it comes to Newcastle playing at home. But um, how did you feel with the, the, the bringing in John Joe Shelby? Um, bringing in, we'll get to Amanda Stavely in later. But what, what did you think about the team? And uh, obviously, she was she was in there, so um, it, it it was a it was a, a, a great a, you know everybody brought it yesterday. Yeah, and and, and I think put it in the context where a newly promoted team going up against a team that has a reputation for being um, big on attack and scoring goals. We set ourselves up to to stifle. But with Mourinho, the one thing about that pairing of Mourinho and Shelby in the midfield is that they can both play a ball as well. And, and that's a very interesting pairing. I think there's some games it won't work, but it certainly worked for uh, the majority of that game. Um, I thought Shelby... The the pundits are amazing how they turn on a dime. I mean, it's not that long ago he should have been thrown out of English football (laughs) and now he's being touted for the England squad. Mm. Come on, guys, get your act together. Mm. Um, I thought that that was outrageous, to be honest with you. Just that bullshit is, is normal, mate. Uh, from certain individuals who have chips on shoulders, etc. Um, I, I think the team worked hard. The work ethic was fabulous. The heads didn't go down when we conceded. What was a very good strike, you know? Um, it was it was tough for for the lads that I watched with. We were, we actually have started sharing a bar with the Liverpool fans here in um, in, in in Dubai, and so there was a lot of. Liverpool fans, I won't say Scousers, because I think some of them have never been to the bloody UK, let alone Liverpool, but never mind, that's another matter. Um, one of whom just applauded everything. Like, everything. Even simple passes, clap, clap, clap. Goalkeeper makes an easy take, clap, 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 clap. It was quite quite odd atmosphere, actually. Um, and I think we were certainly good for the drone. It needs to be put in that kind of context. Is We've taken one of the um, the the teams that was fancied. The downside, um, I think we conceded a little bit too much possession for my liking. But again, Ashley's uh, Benitez has got this uh, almost basketball style half court press going on, and that worked very very well. It was like right, you know what? You can have your centre backs can have the ball. Then in the minute they got the ball to a position where they could hurt, we we then pressed and worked very very hard. Um, I think I would have liked to have seen a little more from Perez going forward, but I don't think I can fault his work rate yesterday in any way, shape, or form again. And I think that goes unseen sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, the, the Jocelyn's goal was a little bit Riviere-esque in terms of 
funny deflection. He didn't know yeah. that much about it, really. But <laughs> at the same time, the guy's making runs to get into the right positions, and you, just, you make your own looks at the end of the day. You can't score it if you're not in the right position. And what a ball from Shelby, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought a back four looked tidy and organised. Manquillo looked a different player to the nervous one who's played, the, you know, played previously. Yedlin, ridiculous pace. <laughs> that challenge he made where he, he covered about 20 yards in the same space that Salah covered about five to cut it off and, and get the, clear the ball was absolutely superb. Um, I think, again, referees don't half allow other teams to seemingly clatter our boys and get away with it. Uh, I think that uh, the, the, the challenge from Gomez that got a yellow when you looked at it from other angles Oh, some some referees may have given worse than that. Mm. It was one of those ones. What did Gary Neville call them? An orange. It's sort of halfway between a yellow and a red. Mm. Um, and and I, 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 you know, you get that because you're going to get one nugget of a referee who will pull the red out. Um, they're the ones that usually go against. But uh, you know, it putting everything into context and the nature of the game. Uh, I, I think. Would you, would I have taken a point before kickoff? That's my usual measure, and the answer is absolutely I bloody would have. Mm. I think uh, the one thing I found, you know, when the ball hit the bar and came down, there was a massive scramble. Um, you know, you you think, oh, any moment, any moment, any moment now they're going to score, and then you got to think, oh God, they're going to come, we've got to come back again. Um, oh hey, well I had to work hard, mate. There was a there was a five minute period after they scored, where they were genuinely on top, and I think if mm. the, they'd got a second would have been in bother. Mm-hmm. But we showed a bit of resoluteness and organisation and, and we've got a young captain who really is a leader from the back. Mm-hmm. And, and OK, Clark had a little... He didn't have his best game. The, the miscue, yeah, that was that was not great. Um, but you know what? We've got to allow them things. Like, you've always got to allow players to make mistakes. The problem is, is when it's your centre-back or your goalkeeper, it usually ends up with the ball in the back of the net. You know, that, this is this is the thing again. We, we really must keep that in mind. So, no, no. I, I, as I say, my measure would I have taken the point beforehand? Too bloody right, I would. I think um, I, the thing afterwards. I'm, I think it was right in the death when we when Diame. Um, you know, if if I'm a substitute, I'm going there. I'm going to do. You know, you want to do something. You're getting paid extra bonuses for being on the pitch, and that chance he had. Why does he not just put his foot through it? It's not acceptable just to put your foot down. It took yes. a, any 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 strong connection. The ball goes in. Would would the the win have flattered Newcastle? Of course it would have. But um, you know it, it's interesting in in that studio where where we talk about where they talk about Newcastle United for the first time. I've watched it and said, well, where's, where's our representation? Where's our guy up there trying to give the, the world and its essence, its, its feedback on, on, what's, on what's going on? There seems to be a, a very large issue of that going, not, you know, when there's nobody there to talk about Newcastle, you know, in the regards to everything that's going on. And, you know, they, again, they put the normal guys who have an issue with Newcastle. But for, probably for the first time, they actually... Um, they probably they, they're starting to get used to the fact that we are a well-drilled team. We we do mm-hmm. put our foot in. We do get around that pitch. Uh, Perez, I Perez was quite good. I, 
I think the interesting thing for me was uh, they he dropped Mitrovic, which clearly he had to because uh, you know he, in a big game like that he, he, he's telling them now basically he, he, I think he'll continue to use him, but I was surprised at the member decision. Um, yeah, I think he's made the, the very clear statement, which I've, and I've used this phrase before, and we talked about it over here uh, at the bottom line. I don't think he trusts either Mbemba or Mitrovic at all. Mm. And therefore, because he doesn't trust them, it, there's going to be times where they're dropped. Tough luck, sunshine. And I, I think that's it. To me, that seems to be quite a clear message, to be honest. Mm. Which is, um, uh, it's up to the players then. It's it it to when they do get a chance. And to be fair, Mbemba's not done too bad. I had heard some suggestion that uh, Mbemba was actually he picked up an injury late on because I think I believe, and according to the, what I've seen, that he was named in the starting lineup by a number of of sources before the teams were actually announced. So mm. whether something's happened in warm up when he's when he's been there, when he's got to the ground he's turned up and he's had been carrying something, whether it's one of these bizarre Rio Ferdinand he's done his calf playing on the PlayStation mm. type in- injuries overnight, who knows? Um but certainly from what I understand that he was named by Radio Five Live amongst others as in the starting lineup when they were doing the preview before the official lineups were, were, were named, and named with good source, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Um, so it would be nice to have a bit more information on that. If we don't get any inf- more information on that, I think we genuinely have to assume Rafa doesn't trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think out of the two of them, I did expect them better to play. But uh, you know, the, the the interesting thing is that. I think for for Kieran Clark, uh, Lejeune. I think the way that rough. I think because we've got. I think it's two weeks off, isn't it? There's now two weeks yeah. off. So, I think you. I think you make changes again when it comes to. But Rafa's always going to make changes. The mm. the odd thing so far about the season is that he's he's named an unchanged team a couple of times. Mm. He, he he uses a squad, and he did in the championship season. Sometimes you'd think, well, what the hell has he changed this round for? And then we go and win three one away from home. And you go, well, there you go, Rafa's the man, he's mm-hmm. the one making the decisions, got to stick with it. And we've either got to stick with it and accept it or give up on it. You know? Um, yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought that who, the fact who that he went... argue with, yeah. the champion, with the Champions League winning manager? Eh? Yeah, I think you the know. interesting thing I thought was the fact that he went with a, um, the same team the week before mm-hmm. against um, when he played Brighton. Maybe mm-hmm. that was on his mind too because... You know, if if Maybe. making changes, making changes probably works for Newcastle. He likes with, to roll it around yeah. and he likes to keep it fresh. I know that. Mm. It was int- very interesting. Obviously, we'll get to uh, Amanda Stavely in in the issues with um, 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 with the fact that uh, that she could be interested in bringing developers uh, in. Uh, this is unlike uh, quite a very much an unlike way. Of doing business, considering what the way they do business in Dubai is very hush hush. What's been your ta- take on it? Because I've it's seen obviously he's been speaking to Mark Douglas, but what's you know, your take it, on it? It's, it's still very hush hush. Who knows what's happening? How far anything is? The, the answer is we don't know. We don't know anything. The official line is is she was a guest 
they're not of the club. Um, if, and so you can read a number of things into it. I mean, what we do know is who she represents, and in this part of the world she's well known for representing especially Saudi funds. Now, that's where things get interesting, because at the minute, between the various states out here, you've got uh, obviously Man City and Abu Dhabi, you've got uh, Qatar, the place that shall not be named, you've got them and PSG currently riding roughshod over FFP in, in Europe. Um, how long before Saudi want to get involved in this mines bigger than yours competition that they, they seem to love to have over here? And of course, Saudi's is always bigger than everybody else's over here. Um, so, there's a lot of things make sense there. There's, there's quite a few things don't really make sense, but is there any sense in buying football clubs? And my answer to that would be very little. There seem to be a guaranteed way to make a rich man poor in many occasions. You know, I, I know a lad out here who was heavily involved at Cardiff, for example, in the whole um, hammam, and then when they sold it onto the the, I was actually having a, a, a long conversation with this gentleman um, at the tail end of last week, actually. Um, he was involved in Cardiff when Hamam bought it and then sold it on to the, 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 the guy that then changed the colour of the shirts and wreaked havoc with the, with the fan base. Um, and so, you know, it, is there ever any sense? Is there ever a good time? I know I've heard people saying, well, it should be being done before the summer transfer window. From a transfer window, January transfer window, does it really matter? I do know that, you know, from dealings I've had in the past, that Ashley would always like to sell at a transfer window time. Um, for, and not for nefarious reasons either. I believe it's for tax reasons, but that's another matter. Mm. Um, <coughs> so, it, the one thing I will concur with, and it's been made on Twitter by Mark Douglas at this point, the fact she's there so publicly being photographed and in the way she has been is not an accident mm-hmm. that's I'd agree with that entirely because mm-hmm. if she wanted to slip in and out of the game she could because she was actually at the Stoke game I'm led to believe oh I didn't know there that was, there was yeah, no there was none of the big big furore then oh, wow. and okay. therefore um, why now and so it raises a number of different things. The one message I would want to get across, and, and, and Mark's asked me to write something for the Chronicle, along the lines of some, uh, basically a rewrite of something I did a couple of years ago for him about is there interest from the Middle East in the club? Um, is the one one thing you know that that really does for me stand out in all of this it's not an accident um, and the one thing we can do that we have to do is keep this bloody great united show force that the fan base has shown behind the manager and behind the team the, the guys with the flags did their bit at the weekend that was almost the perfect setting for something like this you could see it was almost choreographed great stuff obviously we'll get back you to know, this in a minute that, but kind, yeah. that kind of thing mate yeah, sounds good. Well, I've, I've got my main guest this evening calling from Arizona in Peter Ramage, our guest of the show. Good evening, Peter. How are you? Good morning. It's morning over here, <laughs> so I'm going to go with that one. <laughs> Sticking the knife yeah, in I'm again. Good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> not too bad, not too bad. Uh, obviously, uh, what the horrific news in 
in Vegas is not a great thing to wake up to. Uh, no. it's, it's, it's a you know I'd like to send all love and thoughts with regards to what happened over there, but you know they'll never they'll, they'll never change. American way of dealing with things will never change, and um, that's just an unfortunate way of thing. They'll never they can't change the way that they are, and you know. But anyway, um, obviously uh, Peter, uh, you might have known. We were talking earlier in the show about Freddie Shepard. I wanted to get get your yeah. thoughts on what you thought about Freddie and give everybody an insight to what it's like uh, was dealing with yeah. Freddie. I mean, the the term was brilliant with me coming through. I mean, he's he's black and white through and through. You know, you you cut in half and he uh, and he bled the colours. And you know, he's a he was a great man to to work for. I remember coming through. You know, my first trip away with the first team. Uh, we went to Dubai, or my first year trip with the first we went to Dubai, I was like 19 year old and, you know, he made sure that that was an experience that I'll never forget. Um, I mean, he was he was just incredible with me, looked after me throughout the, the trip and uh, and then throughout my time I was at the club, you know, he sent me a lovely letter, a uh, personal letter as well when I left, just, you know, thanked me for coming through and how great it was to see, you know, local boys you know, like myself coming on and representing the club and, and wearing the shirt that, you know, that we, we dreamed of wearing, which, you know, I've still got on the house. You know, my mum and dad have got up on the wall the my first professional contract I signed. You know, there's my mum and dad flanked by by the chairman. And, um, you know, little just little moments like that that, you know, mean nothing to, to him, mean a hell of a lot to, to people like me. Um, and, you know, I've spoke to Kenneth uh, in the days, you know, since he's obviously passed away and, you know, reminisced a couple of times about, uh, you know, how much, how special he was to, you know, to, well, to local boys like myself. Yeah, I think um, when it comes to Freddie, isn't it, it's, it's interesting that he obviously, he split, when it comes to the Newcastle fan base all over the world, and he? he split opinion, clearly. Um, a lot of things he did, a lot of things he said, but at least with Freddie there, at least we tilted. At least we did things we never, you know, dreamed of bringing. Especially when you bring when you bring back Alan Shearer. Um, but I think that obviously the downside has always been the fact that he never had a chance to bring in uh-huh. his own. You know, he bring in his. You know, when he was when when Sir John sold, it just it was a probably for him it was probably the the most um, worst part of his time. But I think it went to show that when obviously he got rid of Bobby's Bobby Robson, that possibly was the right decision. Yeah, I mean, it's listen. You do, I've read a lot and listened to a lot of, of things and people said about him. And the one thing, you know, if he if he did make a mistake, it was trying to to make a mistake for the right reasons. Do you know mm. what I mean? It was to yeah. try and make it for the better of the football club. It wasn't making a mistake to the better himself or or anything like that. It was trying to progress the football club. I mean, in recent times, it's probably the best era that we've had under his. Uh, you know, leadership with Sir John Hall, and um, so it's 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 tough. You know, he had to make the hard decision to get rid of Bobby Robson at the time. Everybody was, you know, talking about it. Yeah, um, when was yeah. it going to be? Uh, it happened, and obviously the it didn't go the way uh, people wanted to, or the fans wanted to afterwards. But like I said, he, he made the decision for the for the right of the football club, and I don't think anybody can take that away. Uh, take that opinion away from him. I certainly can't take that opinion from me away from him. And you know, it's just a, a crying shame that we didn't 
uh, as a club win win a trophy under under that era because um, you know the, the squad and the teams that were put out on the park were, uh, were it was you know it was a joy to watch and he was you know the forefront of bringing the kind of world class players that them sides had he was at the forefront of, of bringing them in. Mm. I think uh, when when you look at like the the I think when you, you when you work when you obviously work with him daily. The fact that he he had so much belief in the youth in the youth of of Newcastle Gateshead, wherever it is, um, he he at least can go down in people's um, the annals of Newcastle history as being somebody that did bleed black and white and somebody that that even if he even if he could have until his last breath uh, would have tried to bring a different change in ownership because even the last even the, for years and years and years he had been linked with still trying to come back and uh, take part. and um, it, it is quite a shame because it, he, he was looking... I heard he was quite sprightly the last couple, of, last couple of weeks and it's obviously quite a, it's quite something that happened quite suddenly. Yeah, it is. And it's, yeah, it's just one of those... It's the only one guarantee in life that we all, you know, meet our maker at some point. It's just, it's just sad that it happened. Um mm. You know, going back to your point about the youth team, you know, he was he was brilliant with the youth team lads. I remember on the under seventeens campaign when we got to the final against Ipswich, you know, himself, Sir John Hall, um, we got battered the first the first game of our final down at Ipswich five nil and you know, Freddie came in with uh with Sir John Hall the you know, the morning after and gave us a right rousing speech about how proud he was of us putting us on the putting the club on the map the map the youth team and then you know, he was still coming to reserve team games when I was coming through then. So, you know, he's a big believer in trying to, you know, put that dream that Sir John had all those years ago of 11 Geordies on the pitch. Um, and he shared that dream as well. And, you know, he was he was so encouraging to us to try and give it our all to, you know, to put that black and white shirt on. And, you know, like you said, that fed through into the first team too. You know, obviously once the ownership changed, yeah, his name was, was littered around with, with other potential buyers to try and take the club back, and I think that just shows how much the club meant to him that that he wanted to to still realise that dream. He obviously still had it uh, up until you know the days that he, he passed, and it's just unfortunate that he wasn't able to you know come back and take leadership. But that's just football, isn't it? Yeah, I think um, when you look at the, it's it, it's strange, isn't it, how things seem to happen? The fact that he's died this week, and then we have. Um, News of this uh, Amanda Staveley, um, you know, looking to to buy Newcastle, but it, but it is weird, isn't it, that uh, she was actually there the week, and I didn't know this until Neil just broke that tonight that she was there for the Stoke game as well, but no notice was taken. But, and uh, yeah, I know it's 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 you can't, everybody's kind of putting two and two together, aren't they? You know, I've read the reports about that back home and about. Uh, you know, obviously the potential takeovers, you know, the lady there that, that you mentioned, that Amanda, who's, who's obviously in, maybe interested in, in purchasing the club, which, you know, would be, would be uh, interesting times ahead. And, you know, if, you know, Freddie Shepard was part of that. I think that would have been, you know, a dream ticket. But uh, it's, it's, we'll just wait and see where this goes. Um, hopefully, you know, something comes of it. Uh, it'd be great, uh, you know, for the club to, to get back to the upper regions with, you know, a great financial backing. I just can't believe, though, the fact that you went to Dubai with your skin colour, knowing that Neil 
can't even go out himself because it's so hot. <laughs> and I'm the one that gets dark. I go to Lansdorty for five days and actually get sunstroke when it's less than 30. <laughs> So, know, how did that happen? How the hell did he manage that? I know, I know, I know. I thought Dubai was hot until I came out here. It's, you know, stick, your, stick the gas mark up with another couple of notches, and that's uh, it's hot out here too. So, Dubai prepared me for, for Phoenix, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and everything's going well with Phoenix, by the sounds of it. You're winning a few games, you're doing well? Yeah, yeah, we've hit a purple patch. Sorry, what was that, Neil? How's life with Didier Drogba, Peter? Yeah. It's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. You know, he's first class. Even at 39 year old, he's still got the hunger and desire to win. I know yeah. he's, um, and he's still got it. I mean, he's not as. Yeah, God. Yeah. That's the hell of it. You know what it is? It's, it's the thing. The one thing I've taken, or the one thing that's so impressive about him is that he practices mm. that day and day out in training. You know, even at 39, <laughs> all the trophies that he's won, he does honestly. He's out on the pitch. Uh, you know, for. 20 minutes, half an hour afterwards, practicing free kicks, practicing his shooting, left foot, right foot, heading, and he's still got that desire and, uh, and that hunger to win, um, which, you know, is rubbing off on us. And, you know, myself, Sean Wright Phillips, Jordan Stewart, the other senior players at the, uh, at the, at the club are, you know, feeding off that too and trying to help progressive because, I mean, long term he's here as part of the ownership group. Um, short term he's obviously got a bit of a playing contract with us and, um, He's not going to play every game, he knows that, but when he does, uh, by God, he's still got it on the pitch. How many goals has he actually scored? I think he must be interested to, to have that, his mindset, at, you know, training, because that's when it comes to, the, you know, to bringing in the younger kids, because obviously you've got the, you've got the, um, the academies there. It seems a bigger push now in the US to, to have more and more uh, teams... Uh, brought into the le- brought into the league and at a lower level too. Yeah, I mean he's he, he's he's obviously part here coming here to try and you know push for us to come into to go into the MLS. Um, you know the the final outcome on the the 2020 uh, spots will be in October, and you know for him to come in and be part of that for the ownership group is it's a major coup. Um, you know it's brilliant for him to be. Uh, on the on the playing side for us too, you know. Even at you know my uh, my age of 33, he's, I'm still learning from him, you know. And it's he's just so professional. He's not he's not come here for a holiday. Um, I mean, he's he's only played. We had a, we've just come back off a 12 day road trip, and you know it, it most well all three of the four games were on AstroTurf, which you know that's where his age that's where his age kind of told. He didn't make the trip, but he was still on the text. Still, you know, making phone calls, cheering us up, giving us words of advice, words of wisdom, which, you know, for somebody of him to be on the end of a phone to some of the rookies and, you know, even to myself was, you know, it's, it's inspiring to, to see that, like I said, he's still got that hunger, desire to win. And, you know, we on, on the trip, we managed to secure a playoff spot, which, uh, which was great. You know, we've got three regular games left and then we go into the playoffs and, and he's going to be a major part of that. He's the first ever player owner in history, isn't he? Uh, well, it's it's he's not technically an owner yet. He's still got his right. player. It, I mean, that's 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 how it's been portrayed. He's a player owner, but he's not. Right. Uh, the playing okay. con- the ownership deal kind of starts when he finishes playing. When he finishes um, playing, I mean, he's still yeah. When he finishes playing, I mean, he's, he's he is an owner. He's technically an owner. I mean, he, I mean, he's in board meetings and things like that. And, and yes, you know. 
well, theoretically he is the owner, but as it, part of the terms of his contract, he can't he can't be an owner and a player. Um, mm. But it's 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 a, it's interesting. It's great. It's great to have him on board. It's good to to see what he brings to the club, and hopefully, you know, he gives us that push to to get the MLS. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to the, the the MLS and everything that's happening with the US, it's um, there's going to be no way there's going to be a, um, <laughs> again. Gonna, you know, every every single time we talk, it's all about the MLS and the fact that they want to play uh, relegation. And promotion. Um, yeah. What What are you going to do? Because obviously, with 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 Drogba being there and having such an in influence, um, it must um, it must invigorate you a little bit to to, to look yeah, to stay 100%. stay there. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, it, there's such such good so many good things going on out here, um, and it's it's great to be a part of the club's building day by day and getting stronger and stronger you know they're speaking to the ownership group uh, the plans that they've got for uh, the new stadium and um, and new training facilities and and everything apart everything about it from you know just the minor details is, is everything's covered and you know I, I'm trying to do everything I can to be a part of that it's uh, it's going to be exciting times you know hopefully we will get this MLS franchise which you know begin the 2020 season which you know, it might be just beyond my beyond my time, but you know, if I can get myself part of the the backroom staff or coaching or something part of the community project, it's it'll be great. And uh, it's there's a there's a big dream going on here, and hopefully, you know, I can be part of it. Mm. It's good. I think um, with regards to the it's obviously the situation uh, when it comes because you you you've been seen everywhere now, haven't you? So you've been to India, you've been to it's it's interesting. You're going to the, the, the two countries. The third country, you always the third country. You always said you could never go to was Dubai, even if me and Neil managed to get you somewhere. <laughs> and then and then you go to Phoenix, and then you go to India. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I've had a I've had a trip. I've had a bit of a road trip on my on my journey throughout my career, and I've enjoyed it. I've loved every minute, and you know I've still got uh, still got some gas left in the tank, and you know hopefully a few more years to to go and before I hang them up and, and move on to, to pastures new. When you look at when you look at Newcastle, you must be very very impressed with with Rafa and the way that he, obviously we you, you obviously saw the game yesterday, I presume, and um, it, it was one of them games that where we had to get put everything into it. We had to make sure that you know everybody put their bodies on the line because you know even from the start you could tell. That when you when you see Liverpool and Mane especially, he's the one guy, you know you had you had to worry about. But we did see a lot of stick given to Daniel Sturridge uh, afterwards from from alleged pundits on the football on the screen. So, uh, what, what was your what's your thoughts on on Liverpool and the way that Newcastle, you know, played them? I, to be honest with you, Andrew, I didn't I didn't see the game. We were travelling back. Um, yeah. I caught the highlights. Last night, just when I was looking uh, looking for them, and uh, you know, read the reports, and um, yeah, I mean, I think it was an opportunity that Newcastle could have, or the, one of the better opportunities Newcastle would have had to, to get you know a victory out of Liverpool. The, the, the defending's been awful so far this season, but mm. and saying that, you know, their front line is, is frightening, and to have Firmino on the bench, Alex Oxley Chamberlain on the bench, um, you know, with with that kind of firepower, you're, they're always going to be dangerous and. You know, it's a point gained 
you know, it was a wonderful goal by Coutinho. But, you know, from what I've seen and what I've read, Newcastle will more than match them. And, uh, and that's what they're going to have to do, especially at St James's Park against the yeah. bigger teams, is, you know, make, a, make it a battle, make it a fight. Because um, football abilities, let's be honest, most of these big teams are, are better than Newcastle on paper. But, mm. you know, football isn't played on paper. It's played on a, on a grass pitch and Newcastle are going to try and use all their, uh, all their capabilities to get, you know, points like they did yesterday. And, and it's a good point. It's a point in the right direction. It keeps a little unbeaten run going and hopefully, you know, they can keep collecting points over the next couple of weeks and uh, keep away from the, the, the lower regions of the league. I think when you look at uh, Daniel Sturridge, the one player that Rafa wanted to bring in in the window. Um, as a player yourself, you would know this, but if if a manager is not that keen on you, not it, it seems clear to everybody that Daniel Sturridge is not one of those players. I think the only reason that he played yesterday was the fact that he's got such a great record against Newcastle. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's hard yeah. to play, isn't it, when you're not really in the manager's thoughts, but you get a... Well, it was it's for seven games in, and that was his first yeah. start. And they're slagging him off afterwards, yeah. saying that he's lazy and all this stuff. Yeah, I mean it's sort of a bit, you know, all it takes for Daniel Sturridge is get a goal like Jocelyn scored, and you know he's back mm. on fire, and yeah. you know that's maybe what uh, Jurgen Klopp was hoping might happen. Uh, like you said, he's got a good record against Newcastle. All it takes is one goal, and he's back on fire, and you know a, a, a fire and. Uh, Daniel Sturridge is still a player to be hold or to be hold of and uh, and not to be messed with. So, you know, for lo- luckily enough, Newcastle kept them quiet. They didn't, uh, they didn't, you know, they kept them quiet and whatnot. So it's it's like I said, it was a it's a good defensive performance. It took a wonder goal to to beat them and, um, and a lucky goal to, for them to score. But you take that in football, don't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I know you've got to head off quite soon, uh, Peter. Yeah. What, what's, uh, so what's happening? The, the team now, are, are you on the playoffs? How many points are you away from possibly we've getting got, in the playoffs? No, we're in them. We're You're in, them. We're in, in them. the playoffs. We've, we've done it. Yeah, we're definitely in them. We've got three regular games left, which um, we're hoping to, to get a top four spot, which will give us a home tie in the, in the, in the first sort of, or in the quarterfinals of the, the playoffs. So um, we've got a game tomorrow or Wednesday night, game Saturday, and then our last regular game is a week on Saturday, and then uh, the playoffs start, which is... Which will be exciting. Is this, first, is this the first time Phoenix have been in for a while? It is, yes. No, first time ever. We've we've kind of mm-hmm. made a bit of history. Um, you know, we've just come, we got beat on Saturday night, which was uh, which was tough loss, but um, it was the end of a 11 match unbeaten run, which again was another bit of history for us. So it's been it's been a great season so far, but um, we haven't finished yet. You know, we're hoping to uh, to go into the playoffs on a bit of a hot hot streak and uh, and hopefully win it. What are you like in the dressing room when it comes to these, with with with, with now the big, the big opportunities to, uh, yeah, do you I mean, get more, do you get more vocal as it goes along, or do you do you let yeah, the, do you like Drogba um, do all the talking? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. I mean, we all are. We all are. Our senior boys, were, we've been there. We've done that. You know, I'm mm-hmm. Sean Wright, Phillips, and Didier have won. You know, some of the biggest competitions that uh, that football's got to offer, and. And they're always at each other. I'm as vocal as ever, like I am myself, Jordan Stewart. You know, so the senior boys take it upon ourselves to to help G everybody up and and get them going. And uh, it's worked so far, and but we've still got a little bit of work to do to to try and hopefully win it. Well, good luck with it. I'll be watching. Thanks, uh, I'll be seeing what's going on. And uh, thanks for coming on tonight. I know it's short notice, and 
we'll speak to you in the near future. Thanks and good luck, mate. Okay, look. Thanks very much, mate. Good luck. Cheers, Take man. care, Peter. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's always great to have Peter on the show, isn't it? Even now, he's 33 and he's coming to the, the end of his career as such, but you never know with people like Didier Drogba in the... Um, you know, in, in in the dressing room, he could be. Uh, you know, wanting, he might uh, change change his mind. These are the kind of guys. You know, Chelsea maybe have missed missed a, a trick there. You know, with somebody uh, um, like him, who's obviously keen to, to put back into the game. I know he's done quite a lot in Africa and mm-hmm. quite a lot in France as well. Um, in sort of terms of giving back, but. You know, it, it sounds like he's, he's such an infectious guy to have around the dressing room. You know, it, it would mm. seem a nonsense with his connection with that club that Chelsea haven't got him there coaching strikers or, you know, or just around the bloody place because it sounds like he's, <laughs> exactly. he's that kind of bloke, you know? Mm. Well, I'd like to bring in my next guest uh, on the Toon Talk. Good evening. Hello, mate. All right. Hi, how, are you, how are you doing, Lee? So I didn't, yeah, I was, d- I didn't quite recognise the number for a change. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Lee Johnson calling from Chester Street on Newcastle United. Well, it's been a very, very interesting week. Um, a few things to talk to you about. Obviously, Freddie Shepard, uh, Newcastle performance and the potential takeover. Pick, pick one and go ahead and tell me what, what your feelings were uh, for the last week after the loss against Brighton, of course. Uh, I suppose you know, I might as well, <laughs> I might as well start with Freddie Shepard. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I joined in the club yesterday, but I've got a, I've got a footballing opinion on Freddie Shepard. Um, of course, he dared a dream, but you know there were certain things that went on. I was standing next to two lads who got their season tickets, so pretty much got bullied out of where they were sitting and things like that as a result of Freddie Shepard, who didn't really join in with the club yesterday, which was quite understandable and things like that. But as I said, on my Twitter account's never nice when somebody dies, so you know my thoughts went out with his family. But I think Freddie Shepard had the um, the chance, possibly, to establish Newcastle in the elite, but maybe due to greed and things like that, I think it went all by the wayside. Um, I think Mike Ashley's running of Newcastle over the last 10 years in terms of things I read about Freddie Shepard has actually enhanced Freddie Shepard's uh, reputation at Newcastle United. Um, but um, there's no doubt that, of course, I enjoyed some good times under Freddie Shepard. Um, but like I said, I think he also missed an opportunity to establish Newcastle in the elite Um like I said, I think I think they got a little bit greedy um, in terms of finance and where they were taking the club and things like that. I, I think they lined their pockets with a lot of money. Of course, you've got to make a profit. You're a businessman at the end of the day, but uh, aye, that's all I feel now. Uh, obviously, when it came to the the Brighton defeat, um, what was your thoughts on the on the team? Because I must admit, you know, he, he didn't make any changes for the Brighton game, but when but he brought back uh, John Joe Shelby. And I must admit, I've been one of his uh, critics, especially John Joe Shelby, and him being named in the Newcastle team. But I think against Liverpool, I don't think we had much option to, really, did we? Uh, Shelby's one of our best players, Andrew. There's no doubt about it. He was an absolute burke against Tottenham. Um, mm. He's pretty much admitted that. I watched him do an interview midweek on NEFC TV. Um, it was quite good, actually. Uh, you know, we just... He apologised, he apologised to the fans, his teammates. He wasn't happy about the press, the way they portrayed him. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was a bit like you. I was like, he wouldn't get back in the team for me uh, for a long while. And he hasn't. He hasn't. Um, 
there's no doubt about it, Andrew. He's one of our better players. Uh, yesterday, when Marino actually had a quiet game, Shelby was on song. Um, mm-hmm. He's passing. His variety of passing. He's work rate, and there's no doubt about it. He's worked hard over the summer. He's even said that. Um, so, you know, it's good. It's healthy competition. He's a good player. There's no doubt about that. It's just whether we're going to keep him, you know, keep a kid on track, you know, instead of having these moments where he does something which he kind of said in his interview, I don't know what I was doing. He actually said that, you know, I, I, I don't know what I was doing. Well, I, could, I mean, he was just a burk for a couple of seconds, but he, it certainly gives us good competition in there. And he is, at the end of the day, Andrew, he's definitely one of our better players. Neil, Lee brings up an interesting point. He, he, he turns around and he says he doesn't know what he was doing. Well, it's clearly a lie because when he came out of the tunnel and he went past, uh, to, you know, you know when they shake hands at the start and mm. they show you that he, he, when he, when he got to Ali, he didn't shake his hand. So he's he's gone in there. I don't care what he says. He's gone in there premeditation. I know it's an old thing, but this is the thing, Lee. He's going on TV on a on his own channel, and he's saying things that aren't true. And this is the problem I, I'll always have with people like that. You know, if you tell the truth, shame the devil. Just say, well, I just yes, I lost me, I lost it because I, you know me, me and Ali, we have, we have we, I've had issues with him. Just be honest, but it might create a. But anyway, Lee, anyway, uh, Neil, you go ahead. You can coming a mile away, Andrew. Mm-hmm. I, I think we, we talked about this at the time. Um, one of the lads here watching straight away picked it up. He said, these two are niggling each other. I'll constant you watch. And he was absolutely spot on. Um, as Lee rightly says, he's, he's one, on his days, on his better players. And he, some of those balls he played yesterday was, was sublime, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Absolutely sublime. The ball for the goal was delightful. Mm. The, pr- the pass of the game, really. Um, and and he, he was in one of those modes where he was spraying the ball, particularly out of t- to ping it onto Richie's foot end on more than one occasion. Mm. Superb movement, you know. Um, how do we get the best out of him and take that development out? And it's very, very difficult because he's a player who obviously needs to play a little bit angry. Mm. Uh, all all, all half-season players seem to have that little bit devilment in them. Mm. But at least Ali del- delivers probably more than what Shelv- Shelby's done. And Shelby's obviously a bit older. And he's obviously 25 now, isn't he? So oh. I th- that's the thing with, with Shelby. But you're right. When it comes to the fact that he is one of our better players, um, what did you think of Marino and the Axis? Because like I didn't think... When I looked at Marino, people the thing is Marino seems to get plaudits no matter what. But I didn't. I thought yes, he got around the pitch. But mm-hmm. I, I thought for me it was the one time I've seen him where he, he got the ball and he gave the ball away. Yes. It, it didn't seem a comfortable performance. Oh, I feel really, Andrew, it was the poorest he's been this season. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't lack work rate, but yes, he, he he gave the ball away a, a lot yesterday, which hasn't been the stamp of his game. He's always looked very comfortable and things like mm-hmm. that. Just. Maybe one of them things, Andrew. He just didn't play particularly well. Uh, but he was, he, 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 according to the stats, he won more most interceptions uh, back in the field. Mm. So you know, he, his head never went down, and and that's where it was good that John Joe actually stepped up yesterday, you know, and played particularly well and kept us ticking over all game. So can you imagine? It's nice to think. Can you imagine them both playing on song? Um, you yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. Say, playing against maybe a lesser team than Liverpool. You know, we're going to, certainly in, in possession of the ball, for example, the, the Shelby 
talking about Shelby, if you think back to when David Beckham used to play, Man United had the great ability to um, have the ball on the right-hand side, and suddenly they were hitting you down the, you down the left within one flick of David Beckham's right foot. Whereas, mm. you know, kind of Shelby does that for us. You know, he can pick the ball up on the left-hand side, and suddenly he's pinging it out to Yedlin, who's absolutely hoisting up the right-hand mm. side. It happened a couple of times yesterday, and I think it's a, I think it's a great thing to have in your armoury, and I think it's something that, that we actually work on as well. What did you think, Neil? When you, I think when you, there was one instance where they looked in on goal, didn't they? And then you worry, then all of a sudden, I think, was it Yedlin who, who came back to, that to do that tackle? That was, that was a ridiculous. ridiculous tackle. And this pace to get across the pitch, absolutely insane. It wasn't Yedlin, no. it, was the fl- it was the flash. Ah. Who, <laughs> who was it? The flash. Right. Honestly, he came, he came out, he, the thing is, he ran from my side of the pitch and I was looking across the pitch and he and suddenly he just appeared in my eye line out of nowhere. Mm. I was like, I was talking to him there for about five minutes, guys. I, I think I, kept, I said the same thing on five times, I said, the pace on him there? Where did he come that, from? I think I just kept repeating myself. That combination <laughs> on the right-hand side, Brilliant. when you've when you got Richie and Yedlin there, the, the, the combination of work rate and pace going on down that flank, it's su- superb, and, and against the lesser team, that'll, that'll really hurt someone. Yeah. You know, you, you look at the state Crystal Palace are in, they're going to be rocking up the St. James's in a couple of weeks' time. Mm-hmm. And, and, get and, a, and, get and a first goal in points. <laughs> if, it, it, I probably now have opened my big bloody <laughs> um, But, you know, it, it's the kind of combination they must be looking at thinking, I don't know if I fancy that. You know, mm-hmm. you you really have to look at that because what a fabulous pair they are. Mm. I think it'll be uh, that game would be interesting. What's your thoughts on? Uh, obviously, I've got with time constraints and everything tonight. I've got Chris Parry right. up next, but tell me, what was your thoughts on the the week of, with the, the takeover talk? And um, as Neil quite rightly pointed out, um, she was at um, she was at Amanda Staveley was at, at Newcastle two weeks ago. And nobody, nobody seemed to know. But now she's she rocks up on on uh, Sunday, and it's uh, very looking very promising. She, I would presume she's met with Rafa. I haven't been had that confirmed yet, but um, I would presume that he, he he met to say hello. But um, what was your thoughts on it uh, with regards to the week that Freddie Shepard died, especially? Couple of thi- I mean, a couple of things. Um, I mean, obviously, when the news broke about her being... Did you not mention something about this particular lady over the last couple of weeks on this show? Yes. Right. Well, Steve so, Wraith came on and he meant... Obviously, we had known the name, yeah. but then Steve um, mentioned, said, you know, why don't, why don't we try and get in touch with Amanda yeah. Stavely? And have a guess who's next to Amanda Stavely? He is, yes. He was two <laughs> seats away. Right. Well, I got... I, 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 when, when you were mentioning the lady in particular, I was like having a little look into things. So I started to have a little look into her. So she's basically... She's basically a broker for Middle East yeah. um, business dealers, correct? Yes? Yes. Who might be interested in buying football clubs. So, yeah. You know, the fact that she's actually... Tur- she, the fact she turned up yesterday and the fact she um, would have seen St. James's Park at its most beautiful best in terms of um, the flags before the game, the atmosphere this throughout the, the game. the point I was making, Lee, absolutely. The, the backing for the team and things like that. If anyone, if any one particular football club is right there for the pickings in terms of its current setup because of the manager, it's Newcastle United for any wealthy investor or any investor who would like to have a bit of fun with the Premier League football team. Well, also, it's, it gets me thinking, 
why is Benitez still here? Benitez, I know someone said, well, he's on five million a year, Lee. Well, that's fine, but he could go and get five million a year or probably more somewhere else. Um, he might know something. He might There might be rumours afoot behind him. People might have been talking in his ear to say, be patient, Rafa. Mm. This is what's coming. And, you know, it has created a little bit of excitement, excitement in myself, but obviously I'm not going to think about it too much. Yeah. Also, also this week, you might not have seen it, um, Newcastle put this thing out which was done by NBC, which was on the club website. Um, I don't know if you watched I it. I, I haven't watched it. I saw something. You it was on. it, mate, didn't you? That's right. It was on for, yeah, that's right. It was on for 23 minutes. And after I watched mm-hmm. it, I sat there, and, I, and, and it was a bit like an advertising brochure. It felt, if you watch it, it, it feels like a bit of an advertising brochure where they're trying to sell it. It looks like it was a, a basically, well, what Michael Owen did, you know, when he was showing all his goals and things like that, it was basically Rafa talking quite a lot at the end. And it was like, come and buy us. We're primed, we're ready. This club is ready to move forward. It was strange for them to put it out because it was nothing to do with the club. It was NBC. NBC, I think. yeah. yeah. Um, so that was another thing. And then she turns up. You know what I mean? So uh, it seems like there might be something afoot, but I'm not getting over excited. But if it comes up, if something came off, and, uh, you know, obviously, well, everyone the pop world, really. I think, um, I think when it comes to the fact that there is such. The, the interesting thing to me is I thought there would be interest from the American sector, but Neil, you, obviously you're in Dubai. Uh, tell us what, what what's your um, what what's your have you done? You must have done some research with the fact that she's uh, you know comes comes with bonus bonus points, especially in the you know the Middle East. The fact that she is the go-to person. She's very well known in, in the Middle East, and in this this was. Why I was quite happy to engage when when we spoke about it about her a mm. few weeks ago. She's well known over here. It's reasonably well known that the the part of the the funds she represents do want a football club. And like I said earlier on the show, um, I'm amazed Saudi Saudi haven't got involved in this um, mine's bigger than yours competition. The Gulf states want to own clubs. It, 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 be, it beggars belief that they haven't because. The whole region is football daft, and, and that's something I don't think people really do appreciate. It's why there's so many bloody Liverpool shirts in that bar we were watching last night. Liverpool were one of the first clubs to establish links to the region. It's why the support amongst the Arabic population is massive. Massive, mm-hmm. not just big. Bigger than just about anybody else out here. As big as Man United and as big as Real Madrid and Barcelona. You know, um, they, they go crazy for football here. And so... Um, it, it, and, and I tell you as well, if you look at, uh, you go to the big Saudi club, Al-Hilal, and what they do in their ground um, before games with flags and banners, etc., 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 there's a lot to appeal to the Saudi eye looking at that bank of flags at the Gallagher end on, on, on Sunday. Um, I tell you another thing that popped into my head as well is, Anybody wanting to extend the ground is going to need some very clever architect. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Come and have a look at some of the buildings over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, if anybody will find a way around problems, <laughs> it'll be this lot. Because um, I mean, there'll be frustrations there for any Middle East owner. A Middle East owner will not understand why can't I just flatten Lazer's terrace? Because <laughs> they won't understand that, mate. They, they just won't won't get it. Because when they want to build something here. 
they just flatten it and build something else and that's that's the way it works um and 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 they're very much this is why it hasn't surprised me to see you know what psg have done to ffp because frankly the arabic attitude would be it's my bloody money and i'm going to spend it how i want thank you very much but they could but they could build in but they could build a new stadium though couldn't they that's well, like you, you know that's my thoughts, Andrew, on any new owner coming mm. in. If if they really want to put an 80,000-seat stadium together, mm. it won't be St. James's Park in any form. Mm. But is that what any owner wants to do? Uh, uh, any smart owner would, would probably, if, if there is a gambit happening now, if there is a discussion happening now, any smart potential future owner would be causing up the Newcastle City Council now. Mm. Yeah. I'm convinced. I'm convinced if um, if something like that this did happen, uh, just what you talk about in terms of an eighty thousand seater stadium, um, yeah. I believe it sells out. I honestly believe it sells out. I I am convinced. I'm not we, sure about that, Lee. I am telling you now. I am telling you now. I think if they, if you build it and it's successful, they will come. Andrew, we've been selling out a fifty-two thousand seater stadium against Rotherham, man. I yeah. Burton. Burn, you know, uh, room. Oh, yeah. and Andrew, there is people, there is pe- people desperate who left Newcastle as a result of Mike Ashley, who probably are desperate to come back and watch uh, us. And, Andrew, I'm telling, I'd agree with Lee here. It, it, any any owner coming in who means business, mm. who says, "Do you want to go for a real ride with this?" Um, will want um, to match Arsenal's one million a game income on the game day. And the only way we're going to do that is with something a lot more than what we've got and filling it. Mm. And 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 it will fill. I think the passion's there. I think the I think the appetite's back. I, I I certainly think for certain games this season, if we had the option to put seventy thousand in, they would. Not every yeah, game, yeah. but there are certain games. Yeah, they would. And mm. and so I think we've, we've got to. Yes, something else as a fan base we can do to encourage this and to foster this. Be open-minded. Yeah. Be open-minded to anything. And if the sacrifice to get rid of Ashley is St James's Park, I think I'd be willing to take that. I think most fans will be. Yeah. But uh, it's not yeah. what's done, it's how it is done... You've mm-hmm. got to remember, we're talking about Freddie Shepard and John Hall tonight. It's not mm-hmm. that long ago they wanted to build a new ground just up the road from St. Yeah, James's Park. True. And that wouldn't have been St. James's Park. Doesn't matter no. how you dressed it up, it wouldn't have been St. James's Park. No. If it hadn't been for a mad cat woman on the moor. I don't think there was much I don't think there was much um, opposition in terms of from the no, time there wasn't. like at the time, the time. Look, there's yeah. always gonna be a degree of dissension yeah. I'm talking to a Sheffield Wednesday fan yesterday who yeah. gets into that, that pub regular, who's yeah. pissed at the fact that they've gone back to that, that, that traditional shirts from the 60s which don't have stripes on this season. Yeah. You know, and, and whenever you get anything that knocks tradition or seem to knock... It, 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 renaming St. James's Park when Ashley did that, it wasn't what he did. It was the way it was done and how it was it's done. Cool, it was cool. with a crowbar at exactly. 8 in the morning. Exactly. You know? exactly. And, and, and this, is, this is what it's all about. It's, sometimes it's not what Ashley does that is the problem. It's the crass and ridiculous how way it. that it was doing it. Hmm. Yeah. Communicating. And, and, communicating. And, and, 
communicating the name change and telling you that <laughs> if we do this name change, that will generate funds for players, for example. If he'd said that at the time, this is why I'm doing it, it's going to generate funds and your, man- your manager is going to get X amount of pounds. Everyone might have went, all right, fair enough, no bother. Turn exactly. up in the morning, as you said, with two henchmen, crowbar in the name of St. James of St. James's Park off, with rumours of foot that the name was the stadium name was going to change was not the right way of going about it. No, it wasn't. You get, the, get, you get everybody on board first and then do it. The other thing we used to do, um, we're hurtling into an international break. We'd be terrified now because yeah. we'd be waiting for the stupid decision. <laughs> yeah. Because cause they do it to give themselves two weeks to let everything calm down and hope there wasn't yeah, some the sort of of course they did. And so, you know, you know, any owner coming in in the future needs to be made aware of these things. We, should, we, we could write a PowerPoint presentation to deliver how not to piss everybody off in a black and white shirt in ten easy steps. Your, your key don'ts as the new owner of Newcastle United, try not to do this, 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 and this. And if you, if you stick to this, you know what? You probably be all right. And and it isn't it isn't what <laughs> it was all about. Bless you. Uh, all about how it was delivered, and it was everything was a sneaky, sly, underhanded blow. Um, you know, I, I remember the day that they turned up with a crowbar. It was all kinds of hellons because my understanding was was it was you know the left. They basically dropped the bomb on Wendy Taylor. Left her trying to pick the pieces up. After telling her, no, no, we'll give you plenty notice when this is going to happen, and then she, she gets phone calls as the guys are putting the crowbars in. You know, it, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. In this, in our football town, where that thing is the centre of attention, and and it's in that goldfish bowl that frightened Jermaine Janus so badly. <laughs> um, you know that. You can't, if, if you let one go at the top of Lazer's Road, they're telling you what it's smelling like in Baker within 30 seconds. I'm going to bring in my next guest this evening. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Lee. If you want to stick around, just stay on there. I've got, I've got Chris, um, Chris Parry calling from the US. Good evening, Chris. Hey, good evening, guys. Sorry, a little late. I was doing my, my journalism job. I was actually <laughs> talking to a football coach. So I, I had to hurry up, and I knew that I was got to talk some Newcastle. So I kind of had to say, All right, thanks. Well, later. you've got you've got a few people on tonight. You've got Lee Lee uh, Corner from Chester Street. You've got myself, and you've got um, Neil Mitchell from uh, Dubai. So tell me, what, give us the American view. Um, you probably saw this NBC um, uh, well video. I suppose that Lee's been that Lee's mentioned. Uh, with regards to a takeover, but what's been your thoughts on all the goings-on at Newcastle this week? Well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's typical Ashley. He's put, the, he's put the team up in the shop window again, but is he ever actually going to you know, take anyone's money for it? I mean, it's, uh, but I'll tell you what, guys, uh, it, it, was, it was just so, it was, it was so heartening to see how well Newcastle played against Liverpool. Liverpool, that's a hell of a team. Mm-hmm. I, I was impressed. You can just see the difference in quality in the forward and attacking talent that Liverpool have compared to Newcastle. It's unbelievable. Just with the power and the size, and, the, and they just kept bringing them off the bench over and over again. 
and Newcastle just kept taking every punch that they tried to give and wouldn't break. It was fantastic. Um, really, let's be honest, guys. They had like a couple of scoring chances when all of them would have almost scored. That would have really sucked if he had done it against Newcastle. But he almost scored on that corner kick. And, I mean, there is nothing that can prevent what Coutinho did. That's why he's Coutinho. There's nothing that could prevent that. What did Shelby give him, like half an inch? And he put that ball, you know, where, you know, I mean, so to me, if you're giving up just those two, now I know that the, I've heard the media talk about Liverpool had all these goal-scoring chances. No, they did not. Newcastle was very well marshaled. They played a, just a terrifically tactic, tactical game. They just don't have the guys yet that when the ball goes up to the front, that they can keep yeah. it and that yeah. they can actually yeah yeah. I guess Perez runs yeah. his socks off and he plays well, but it, I don't think he has that. You know, that can actually take it and score. Yosalu, hey, sometimes you got to be better to be lucky than good. It was a terrific mm-hmm. pass by Shell, and he and, and who knows if Yosalu probably would have tried to shoot that he would have missed. Luckily, it blocked off of him. We'll take it. Yeah, it was a great <laughs> it was a great goal for Newcastle, but. I just think that it just shows, wow, it shows the potential of what Newcastle United can do. Because if they're doing this right now with, let's be honest, guys that are probably not at the level that you need at this level, just think what happens when they get the guys that are going to be yeah, at this exactly. level. Exactly. I think that's, that's what, what Lee was leaning into because, because obviously Liverpool played during the week, but when it comes to the fact that uh, Newcastle um, are not at the level probably that Rafa wants them, but if, it's a big if, of course, we get a change in the club, that club will skyrocket. They keep on saying, the, 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 when it comes to the North East, it's a powerhouse. Well, it wouldn't take much to make Newcastle United the next Northern powerhouse that would take on these guys and you know show them that with the right personnel and the right attitude, which is, which is I think Lee and Neil and myself and Chris obviously thinks about that. That's what that's what should happen, to, you know, in the future because, you know, I, for years we've heard it's Newcastle United. Nobody wants to know about Newcastle United, and that's our owner. So, you know, little little by little, uh, the, the one thing that surprised me, Chris, is that there hasn't been. A USA uh, bid currently for Newcastle United, uh, but as as uh, Lee said, when it comes to the um, the fact that Amanda Staveley is now being linked with Newcastle and and then linked up with the the NBC um, video, um, that could be interesting too. But it sounds like all roads seem to lead to the Middle East. Yeah, the Middle East or the Middle East or to China. I mean, that's where the money is. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I just think that nobody. Remember though, everyone's done a non-disclosure agreement, so who knows who's bidding for you know for Newcastle right now, or if they are. But uh, and and to further your point, I do believe that right now that Newcastle has the right attitude. They've got the desire. They've got guys like Atsu's driving me crazy because I don't think he does enough down the wing, but it's not for lack of effort. Yeah. I just think he just doesn't quite have, you know, you know, just the, but like I said, it's not for lack of effort. It's not for not lack of not running his socks off and getting back. And guys, I will put what DeAndre Yedlin did to stop that goal scoring chance as one of the, one of the coolest plays I've seen in the last four or five years. 
that dude covered like half the field in like half a second. It looked like it was going to be a breakaway with two on one, and all of a sudden here comes this blur out of nowhere. I could not believe how fast he got back and made that play. And that's that's Rafa Benitez. That's what I mean, that's that, I mean that's not giving up six five six goals. They're not going to ship five or six goals anymore. They're going to they may lose one to nothing. But my goodness, are they going to give a? They're going to give effort from start to finish. I thought Shelby was magnificent. I thought Marino at times did not control the game. But then I've looked back and I heard you know, he won like he won the ball eight times in a row. The problem is, you and I all know that as soon as he won the ball, he had the ball pretty much taken right back from him. He yeah. needs to kind of get in that aspect. I thought Shelby was magnificent. I just oh, I thought Shelby was magnificent. I really wish that Atsu. It does seem like Liverpool has so much more going down the wings offensively than Newcastle. Now, that's, that may just be their system, but I also think it's Newcastle's players. They don't quite have – like, is Rolando Aaron's ever going to play for Newcastle yeah. again? He gets so much down the wings. Well, yeah, it's, it's an interesting quandary, that one, isn't it, uh, Lee? It, you, I would, I, you'd like to see a cameo. Like, I did so – Atsu was really quiet yesterday, um, but I think the way the game shaked out – it may have been a bit of a risk bringing Rolando on. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I think if anyone was probably going to come on for two yesterday, it might have been Murphy, but obviously we didn't yeah, see true. him. Um, yeah. I think that pretty much is like uh, Chris has just said, like, uh, even if even if players are struggling or not playing particularly well, maybe like, you know, pigeonhole and Perez and things like that, they're also working their socks off. It's a, it's a world away from the... Um, a lot of the lads who were involved when we got relegated, um, and if you think, and if you think about the way the season's kind of panned out so far, regardless of games we've lost, we've always we've always been in every game. Um, you know, there's always been one goal, the difference in a match that we've lost, apart from Tottenham, where really I couldn't see them scoring in a million years until the Shelby sent it off. So Benitez keeps us in the way we're set up, the way we, the organisation, we are always in the game. Where it was difficult to beat were compact. You know, you look back at the Huddersfield and um, Brighton games, and of course we've lost them both 1-0, and you're disappointed when you think about who you've lost to. Mm. But you know, all these lads try. I think the best way to put it, the best way to put it about all the lads and people that you're disappointed with sometimes in game is. Okay, sorry, I had to bring in, I've got to bring in Susan Stone, but I thought I'd bring in a, a woman's uh, view of Newcastle United. Good evening, Susan, how are you? Tune, tune. Blow away, darling. Hey, she never fails to deliver. Did you see how I threw my voice? <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd let everybody know, it, uh, Susan's on the, on the show for the first time in a while. On the line right now, Susan, is... Is Chris in America? You've got Lee in Chester Street. You've got Neil in Dubai. We're all the all the line just to hear your wonderful thoughts in regards to Newcastle United. Uh, so tell me. Uh, obviously, the lads have seemed very uh, upbeat the way that Rafa Benitez has the team, and obviously with the the news this week that Freddie Shepherd died, and with the it looks like a Newcastle takeover. How, how have you found? Uh, this season, uh, when you've been going and, and you're continuing going, <laughs> you didn't say we've got Susan from the Stoyan on Westgate Road. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't track you that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
To be honest, um, I've only been there a couple of games because, you know, I've been cruising. Um, oh, right. But I've loved it. I mean, he obviously knew what he was doing yesterday, um, being, being manager of Liverpool for a while. He obviously knew. You know, they, they were bringing on two strikers, and I think bringing on Mitrovic would have been like uh, a bit of a wild card. Mm. But one point, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a valuable point, isn't it? I enjoyed the game, I enjoyed the flags, I enjoyed the singing. Um, I think we've just got to bed in and maybe, don't know what's going to happen with the takeover. I'm in Chinatown and nobody's staying here to afford it. I haven't saw the news today, who's buying with? It's obviously with Newcastle, um, with our owner of 10 years and Mike Ashley, seeming a bit more serious with... To, to look like we're, like we is going to sell the club Yay. with Amanda Stavely, uh, all all roads seemingly are leading to the Middle East. But um, w- w- when you be when you from from the time being you've been cruising, um, are you <laughs> are you excited that uh, have you got any thoughts about uh, Freddie Shepherd? Because obviously you know he, he, what was your thoughts when when he was he, when he was here and um, obviously he died this week. Well, it's obviously a sad time, but we've just got to think he obviously brought Alan Shearer, and he, yeah. you know, yeah. and he was a very positive influence to the club. And we've just got to move forward, don't we? We've just got to think, bring on the Middle East. Yeah. I don't know what will be on the top this year, but I'm sure I'll find Chris got any thoughts in America? Yeah, you know, Chris. We called him, hey guys, we always called him Fat Fred, but we did it out of love. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was you know Fat, fat Freddie Shepherd, but the guy, you know, I, I thought that, you know, the, the guy did everything possible to bring Newcastle to the That's exposure. Cool. I think that it does now. I mean, I don't think that the movie Goal happened uh, with Newcastle United without Freddie Shepherd. Without some of the things that that he did to bring Newcastle into the national conversation and it's amazing how popular Newcastle United has is considering it's been relegated twice you know in the yeah. last decade I mean that's just that's insane right. and I think that's one of that's a credit to Fred you know to Freddie Shepard guys yeah. I don't know I mean I'm not sure I'm not sure who guys and gals I'm not sure if Middle East China I'm not sure who's going to do what I just hope that this doesn't drag on I hope yeah. that this gets yeah. sorted and it gets sorted before the January transfer window um, I, can little, I, I can just see where I can see where logo going round on a Freddie Shepherd wind turbine somewhere on the River Thames somewhere. <laughs> Do you know, what I mean? <laughs> as long as whoever buys with, it cannot be any worse than what we've got. Yeah. And they understand the passion of the club. They understand football. That's the most important thing. I think Mike Ashley came in. He knew nothing about football. And he's proven that, you know, so we just need to put that right behind with and move forward and just just move forward. That's all I can say. Mm. Did I say we're going to move forward? He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, we're, talking about, we're talking about American owners. Um, I think maybe a reason why an American owner would be reticent right now is that you've seen a lot of American owners have failed. Yeah, uh, of owning, owning premiership teams, mm-hmm. Aston Villa being right off the end of the country. The owners are not exactly... Yeah, I mean Swansea looks like it could be in trouble this year. I mean Tottenham looks like it's in pretty it's in pretty good shape, but Tottenham's always in pretty good shape. I mean that's that's a safe investment. I would assume Newcastle United is a safe investment, except that Newcastle's been relegated twice in the last six years. You know, or something. So 
I think so. I think that's why you might see some American owners. I'd love for someone like Mark Cuban just to come in and say, yeah, you know, here exactly. comes the money, let's do it. You forgot to mention, Chris, where the Magums are. They're going down, they're going down, <laughs> down, 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 keep going right. down. I forgot, <laughs> I forgot, you're right, I forgot the Sunderland. You're right. I mean, that is, that's a complete, that's a dumpster fire. We call that a dumpster yeah. fire. Yay! When, someone, when, someone, when it's in a really bad, in a really bad state. I'm, I'm, I'm the opinion, and you guys, and, and Andrew knows this, I'm in the opinion I always love to have the rival. I, I like to have the yeah. rival in the premise. I want yeah. Newcastle to be beating, I want Newcastle to be beating Sunderland. And, yeah. it's, and the fact that there now could be a first division club in like a couple of years, that's crazy how fast, mm-hmm. you know, how fast that is, that's happened. And it also shows, as much as we want to com- sometimes complain, how important what Newcastle has done the last two times they've been relegated, how important that was. Mm. How to, 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 for the stability of the club is that yeah. they were able to bounce back at the first time of asking. But uh, anyway, I've got the plane ready. I've got the plane ready to fly over Sunderland. <laughs> I swear to God, right? I will invest my own money. I just hope when you own, I can speak Jody. <laughs> it's lovely talking to you. Thanks. I think that's a Jack Daniels got my name on it. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, love. Thanks, Susan. Take care. Take care. Bye. 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 It's always interesting with Susan, isn't it? But like when it's uh, when it comes to when it, like your point, Chris, when it comes to uh, American owners losing their money, losing their shirts, essentially, when it comes to come to you know the surprising thing is when it comes even when it comes to Sunderland, they, they, it wouldn't cost too much to get to sell. You know, they they're desperate. They're basically desperate to, to, to anybody to buy them, so it wouldn't it wouldn't be that much uh, cost them that much. But I, I would well, suggest they don't deserve it. Hey, think, <laughs> think about how many American owners are already own Premiership teams: Liverpool, mm-hmm. Swansea, mm-hmm. Manchester United, Tottenham, Sunderland, Aston Villa. Who am I missing? Is that I mean? There's a quite a few. There are quite a few American owners who are in the Premiership all over mm-hmm. the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I don't know. I don't care. I just whoever whoever buys Newcastle, just try just have the best just have the best thoughts for the club, and mm-hmm. try to put your best foot forward. I don't I don't expect a new owner to turn us into Manchester City. I'd like that. That'd be neat. You know what I'm saying? But I just want to try to put the best foot forward for the club and for us as, as supporters, so we can actually feel good like we have been. To go to the, to, you know, to, to you guys go to St. James's Park for me to go to my television or my laptop every single, um, you know, Saturday and Sunday to support the club we love. And I think that's the main thing. I think Rafa Benitez is a gift from God. We are so lucky that Rafa mm-hmm. Benitez is the head coach in Newcastle. Well, this could have been such a, a a difficult situation. So now let's take that gift and let's run with it. Let's get some owners that want to work with the manager and not work against the manager and actually try to get this club. You know, to the to the level that we all hope. I think we like to be punching up there with the big boys, but we can't do it yet, and there's no question about that. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, Neil, when it comes to the, I think we, this with the, obviously with the the takeover uh, heavily being promoted now. Uh, the next, I think you you can tell us you're going to be writing a, an article, which I'm sure Chris will read. I'll probably get a full a full draft, hopefully. 
before it's actually published. But um, <laughs> tell me, <laughs> well, I better, I better, I better get it because at least I can. I'm a better writer than you. Just get on with it. But anyway, um, when it comes to what what you're gonna with the two weeks window coming up. Um, I would suggest it's going to it's going to be quiet, but there can be lots of talking uh, with Dubai and the, the Middle East with regards to Newcastle. Um, what, what's what's going to be your what's give us a, an instance of what's going to be in the article, and I'll, I'll you can send it to Chris to pre, to to proof word proof it for you. <laughs> it, it basically, I'm, it, I know what, I'm gonna, I know what's going to be in the article. The United States better qualify for the freaking World Cup in the next two weeks, <laughs> or I'm going to not be very happy. The essence is something I wrote um, about two and a half year ago, um, maybe it's a little longer, maybe yeah. even three years ago, um, when there was, again, claimed interest from the Middle East and, and just given a little bit of an insight from what the appetite was like then. Mm-hmm. And, and it is different now. There were, um, we moved, when that was written, you know, buying football clubs with telephone numbers. Now they're international telephone numbers. There's an extra couple of digits on them. Mm. Um, the, 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 the sort of face of the game's changed a little with the television money in flux and with the rise of the super clubs and a lot of that's from this region. And and so I think we'll have to... I keep coming back to it, but you've got to bear that in mind that there's a lot... The geopolitical situation out here and the delicate diplomatic situation out here... Um, and they express it in some very unusual ways. Ways that are culturally very, very relevant to here, but ways that we, or maybe it's a little different to the, 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 the mindset that we'd be used to. Um, and I think there's appetite for football, but it's, it's, it's no half measures. The, the, the only ones who are happy buying the Nottingham Forests are the, are, are the, are the, the, the poor end from other Gulf states. Um, I, I tell you, the other state that I would be maybe interested in rattling a little bit the drum bit of information is Amman, because they're mm. they're they're nicely sort of just they fly under the radar a little bit, and and if they really wanted to stick their heads above the parapet, that would be another way for them to do that and do it in a way that really would get up the nose of the Saudis and the Qataris. <laughs> um, I, I can tell you that straight away. Um, but whether there's at the moment enough money in Oman for that outright is very, very difficult to say because they've been hit harder than many Gulf states with the, the, the drop in their own price. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it basically you're just going to give a flavour of what I can see from the outside looking in, coming from the part of the world that the money's allegedly based in. And mm. so... Uh, I think it's it, it's relevant to revisit that those thoughts and put a put an up to date twist on it all. Hmm. It'll be an interesting article. And when's that going to be? When's that going to be out in the Chronicle? No idea. Yeah, he, he asked us today to do no, it, put something together. So um, who knows when that will be uh, um, be up, up, up and running? Um, I'm going to try and sit and read it now. Actually, well, uh, I'm sure that you can get on WhatsApp with Chris, and uh, you never know a bit. Get some um, feedback because obviously he's a journalist, so you, you probably won't need it, but you never know. Could be an in- interest in our, pa- our passion, you know, but to him and uh, you used to can chat, and uh, you know, you never know. I'm not a journalist, so um, uh, Chris is for now, and obviously, 
you've done a few of these before, uh, Neil, so it's interesting. Mm. I'm going to bring in my last guest this evening. Uh, it's John, um, Newcastle United <laughs> fan. He's on every week. Good evening, John. Good evening, Neil. How are you doing? I'm all right. You're obviously on live with uh, Chris and uh, Chris in America and Neil in Dubai. So, t- so tell me, um, what's been your? It's been an interesting week for Newcastle. Uh, well, obviously, we're talking about the takeover at the moment, but Freddie Shepard's yeah. gone to to the heavens. So, what's, yeah. what, what's been what's your, been your thoughts on a tumultuous week after the defeat against Brighton? Um. Well, we run very good. We're in first half of the talk here. But uh, but the second half we just um, kind of fell apart, really, didn't we? Sort of thing. But once we're in the goal behind, we need some urgency in the team, and it just hasn't um, happened, sort of thing. But we lost it now. I mean, at the end of the day, we have to move on from it. And um, you know, it's just one of those things. And um, we should be beating teams uh, around us, really, if we have a chance mm. to stay up. But I think we're going to stay up anyway this season, Andrew, because we really will. Because um, we've got a good team there, mind. You know what I mean? But Apart from one, which is unfair, I've got to say this, but I don't think I want to play as good enough for Newcastle. I just don't think um, he's there at the minute. I mean, I don't like slitting the lad, but he's too lightweight and he's just not strong enough. He's not a number 10, but we need a 10 in generally badly. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, that, that thing about Perez, it's like sometimes I think to myself, well, yeah, um, you've got Joseph Lewis scoring that goal. Um, but that thing about Perez, he'll surprise. He's one of these players. He'll, you know, if you get ten goals a season from him, I think we'd be quite happy. But um, he's one of these guys that goes on spurts. But definitely, Rafa believes in him. Um, the, the, you know, he didn't want he didn't want to chance it with um, with uh, Mitrovic, did he? So plus Murphy didn't come on yesterday either. So uh, it was to me it was more of a like for like uh, to counteract all the pace in that team. That Liverpool provide and you know working your socks off. I think you know that's that's what he brought to the team and that's what Rafa wanted from him. Uh, you said Rafa always believed in him, but how many goals has he scored? I mean, where's his mm. best ever game? You know, he's, he's just not scoring enough. I mean, how scored football in Brain, right? And we'd against the bar sort of like yesterday, for example, when um, I think it was Shubb had a lovely cross or pass to him rather than right, and what he did, he just didn't know what to do. He just didn't. But mm. I know I'm not going to slate Rafa. I never do. But obviously Rafa sees in him. But what he has to understand is as well, it's just not good enough. And I mean, he can't keep us persevering all the time because, um, like I said, he's just not going to score goals. And he, and he missed a great chance as well when he plays the ball over the pass as well. Mm. And that just typifies this year. But well, do you think, Chris, <laughs> do you agree with John? Because, or and Neil, and obviously I'll go to Chris first, but you know, the problem with this, Perez, like, I think I kind of agree with John on 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 Perez. He needs to do more for sure. Well, we're a long way, guys, from the from that West Brom game where he scored that amazing goal, yeah. you know, with the flick. And you know, we still like to try to remember that stuff, but that stuff just seems so far away. It was like what two years ago. Mm. I I don't think. I mean, we've. I don't think he scores enough goals. I mean, you have to. To, be, to play the position well said, that he Chris, does, well said, mate. he doesn't. I mean, let's be honest. It's all about the goals. And and he, yesterday he had a ball come to him. It was a half chance. But seriously, did anyone in this in, on the planet think that he was even going to put that close to on frame? As soon as as soon as it fell to him, you're thinking, okay, this is going over the bar, you know, or this is going into Rose Z. And it did. It was it wasn't mm-hmm. even close. 
Whereas every time Coutinho had the ball, you're like, oh, dear God, yeah. someone get on him because he can score from anywhere. You know, and, that, and, that's, where, and that's Newcastle's really they, – they, they, they have lacked a guy – and let's be honest, I hate to just bring it. It's like an Alan Shearer who can score from anywhere, like Kabai was before he decided to bugger off and go to freaking wherever the heck he's at and lose every single game he plays, good riddance with Crystal Palace. You know, I mean, it's, uh, they haven't had a guy like that. They just haven't had a guy that can score goals if you're given a half chance. Can I come in? Can I come on, on this, Chris? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll ask Chris a question, right? I mean, Chris, um, Lutz been at a club for what four seasons? This is fourth season, right? I'll ask you a question. I mean, apart from that goal because against West Brom, what was his finest moment in his four years he's been at Newcastle? Because I can't think it. Spurs, I think that goal he scored against Spurs, possibly. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. That was that was pretty mm-hmm. sweet. You're right. He's not doing enough. Bro. The only thing, the only thing he gives is you just always he, he's a Benitez type player because. He, he's just going to give full effort. I mean, he, and I do like the way he tracks back and plays defense. And you can actually see Yosalu doing that more and more, too. Mm-hmm. But at yeah. the same time, he just doesn't give enough going forward the other way. And until – and you can tell that Liverpool doesn't – I mean, Liverpool didn't, didn't fear him at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really didn't fear him. Um, mm-hmm. It was – and until they've got a guy that can do that, and I don't know. I mean, those guys don't grow on trees. Obviously, you've got to find a way – you know, to maybe, you know, in the transfer market or, or develop somebody. But, I mean, let's be honest, Andy Carroll, before Andy Carroll left, he was that guy that if he had a half chance, he was going to score. I mean, he was just on fire, you know, you know, before, you know before he went to Liverpool. And, and that's a, a Jermaine Defoe mm. type, a guy that if you give him a half chance, yeah. he's going to score. And Newcastle doesn't have that. Neil, what do you think about uh, Perez? Because I must admit, it, you know, you... you He's never got. He's, he's, I think you're going to be. We're going to be lucky to get five goals a season from him. That's the one thing at the minute we need to add in. He's work. You kind of felt his work rate, mm. and I think think the other week he was the player who put the most tackles in in the Premier League. So you know, he, I think he looks better equipped mm. for the Premier League this year. He looks like he's he's put a bit of, you know, doesn't look like he's going to get knocked off the ball as easily. Um, but he doesn't seem to be creating the opportunities mm. that he has. That's the big problem there. That's a now, massive problem. But is that also because of the system that we're playing at the moment? Yeah, possibly. Yeah. You know, mm. it, again, we're stuck with this. We've got a number of players who could play as a number 10, yet none of them are a traditional number 10. And he's one of them. He's sort of fallen between the cracks a little bit for me. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Well, one thing, hey, one thing, guys... One thing, guys, too, is it's, I think it's a testament to, to Newcastle's fans and whatnot is that we're watching a team play not entertaining football at all, let's be honest, you know, as Newcastle fans. But we don't care because, like I said, we don't demand a team that wins. We demand a team that tries. And they are absolutely just I – mean, I've been so – I've just been so happy to watch their effort and the way they've been playing. And that, and they haven't. I don't think Newcastle. The only team that could possibly beat Newcastle three or four to nil is, is either Man City or Man United because they seem like they're at different levels right now. And they got guys who can score goals over the place. And that, but if you have to try to break Newcastle down right now, you you might do it once, yeah. but that's it. And that is where the goal score on the other side of the pitch comes so into play. Mm-hmm. Yosalu, God bless him. At least he finally scored against Liverpool. 
But if he would have yes. taken any of the chances against Brighton, then it wouldn't even have been a, we wouldn't even be talking an issue here. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Newcastle somehow beats Stoke, even with them missing all those chances, is a miracle as well. So that to me, that is that's that's what they're missing. That's what they're missing. I, if they I'd want to try to move up and finish mid table, I'd yeah. still rather you was getting the chances to miss them. It's <coughs> too easy that though. It's, yeah. No, it's not too easy, Andrew. It, it's professional football at the end of the day, um, and and I tell you, when teams really really struggle, how many chances are Crystal Palace getting in a game at the moment? Not many. We are at least creating the chances, and he's getting the opportunity to miss them every now and again. Actually, the one thing I'll bring up this is what you, this is what you get. Listen, I'm afraid to say this, but this is what you get by a million. I mean, I want him to succeed. I you think want him to be well, okay, yeah. but. I have to say this, and a lot of people haven't even seen this, but that's what's going to get you five million. You know, when mm. you're going to pay us some money, that's what you're going to get. Mm. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, Benitez is no dummy. He had to bring in a striker, and he had mm. to bring in a striker on the on the money that he only he could get. So, Joe Salou at the time, we were linked with lots of people, and the fact that, you know, Benitez knows him. I just hope... And I do hope this. He goes on a streak after this goal because he needed that goal. You know, he's getting the positions, he's getting the chances. But, you know, you, I think that surprised me most about Joe Salou. He doesn't have the eye of the tiger. You know, and like as soon... Actually, the funny thing was he was away from the defender and, then, and you just thought, oh my God, he's going he's gonna to be really cool and do something. And he got caught very quickly. Uh, from from the defender, so it was very lucky. But you, you know, we'll take it. It's one one. You know, puts us back in the game, and it's actually you know. Let's be honest. That second half, Newcastle played really well. We got the only thing. In this, I actually thought we got stronger, and Klopp got madder. <laughs> he got for sure. Oh, no, it, it, it was good. It was good, oh, guys. And I'll tell you right now, if that if that freaking goal had been scored by Oxley Chamberlain when the ball was totally out yeah. of bounds. I would have, but that's the thing. It does, doesn't it seem like those things are happening to Newcastle this year. Balls are hitting off the goalposts. Guys are missing clear chances. Opponents are missing. So we, Newcastle just has to keep taking this. I swear to gosh, it, why couldn't Diame score? When yeah, he should have cut through that. No, oh, he should have right right walled that one in. Get the ball as hard as possible. Why are you? You're a big man. Don't try to like dink a ball into the yeah. goal. I, I don't understand this. All right, and that's I'm off my soapbox now. <laughs> it's, I, I was just talking to Neil about this earlier. When it when it comes to that chance, he's a big lad. He just puts his foot through it. The keeper doesn't won't even see it. And the fact that he's a late substitute, he should have. He, that's the thing about subs. If you come on and you're angry because you didn't start for whatever, you know you, you play with an intensity to win the game. Like you know, you want you want them to to come out there. You want them to you want them to do something. And he just oh, I, this is a, this 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 is what will do for his career. He'll be in. He'll be out. But he'll be he'll be mostly be out because he's not a player that will go on there and change games in midfield. He just isn't that player, even though I think when we bought him, we thought he would, those long legs of his, he would he would really make a difference. He, he's basically just proved himself to be a squad player and uh, do, you know, available in the, in the championship to do a good job. And 
But it's very disappointing to watch a player like that who you think can do more doesn't really seem to have it in him to, you know, to 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 be something that he, he clearly isn't. Imagine if that ball had fallen to Kevin Nolan. Just oh, imagine. Yeah. It would have been in the top corner. Yeah. It would have been in the top corner, or and it yeah. would have or it would have taken someone's head off if they if they'd have gotten in the in front of it to keep it out of the goal. I mean, it would have. I mean, come on now. It was that was right in front of the goal. Mm. When I talk it like it, there there is no skill to that shot. Mm. <laughs> just I'll to, I just I don't get it. Yeah. I well, don't get that, it. that's the end of the show, folks. Thanks very much for coming on this evening, everybody. And uh, obviously, got the international break. If there's any breaking news with regards to Newcastle, uh, but I'll leave the final word to Chris uh, when it, with, with regards to Las Vegas. Um, very odd, really awful day. For, for the US isn't it and I think the, with the issue with the guns it's never going to go away this is it yeah it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's tragic it's awful it was, I was actually on Twitter last night I was working on some things whenever it came you know whenever it happened and I just stopped working what I was working on because I, I couldn't I was like there's no way I can do this with this going on right now uh, mm-hmm. prayers for everybody involved I mean you know you've got a bomb, you got bombs going off in concert, a concert, an Ariana Grande concert in Manchester, and now you've got someone who just decides to peel out a, you know, an, an assault, an automatic weapon and just start mowing down people at a concert outside. I mean, what the hell is the world coming to? I guess is basically what we could say. Um, I don't think guns are the problem. I just think that, I, I just think that right now we're in, we're in a really weird place. In, a, in in our in our world right now. It's not going to for everybody. Yeah, it's not going to change anytime soon either. But uh, thanks so much, Chris. Thanks so much, John. Thanks very much, everybody. Uh, Neil as well. And uh, we'll look forward to Neil's um, um, edition of um, Dubai Life, Dubai Takeover, and what his thoughts in the near future. So listen out for that. See see what you think of it. And we're back. We're back. If there's any breaking news on Newcastle, there will be a show on Monday. If there's not, obviously it'll be a, we'll be back after the international break. But thanks so much, gents. Thanks for coming on. No Cheers. problem. Thanks, 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 guys. Thanks, 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 Chris. Take care. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. for listening to Toon Talk remember you can contact Toon Talk on www.toontalk.co.uk remember later this week or possibly early next week you'll see a mention in the Evening Chronicle on um, Neil the Geordie Dentist talking all things 
Newcastle United and Newcastle United's takeover. Remember to watch out for Neil Mitchell, uh, his article, which, which